recording. Can you do me a favor and say, my name is Jimmy Calloway and this is Walks of Life? My name is Jimmy Calloway and this is Walks of Life. And can you try your best to mimic what you did on the bench? <laughs> Hi, my name is Jimmy Calloway and this is Walks of Life. Thank you. Is that right? That <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. right. All right, yeah, we're recording. Okay. So Hold on, I'm gonna the... get on the other side of you, though. Yeah. There we go. There we are. Very nice. Go it. Chords. And that was what I was trying to. I was trying yeah, to get on this side of the. Maybe we should switch mics. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, this one doesn't have as much to play. Yeah. Let me just get on the other side of you, though. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry. Does dude. that work? Yeah, that works. Just gonna okay. be surrounded to by chords. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like, fuck, what's the name of that movie? I was trying to think of this the other day. It was like an old movie with, uh, I think it's Sidney Poitier and... Well, like, can I just get a quick photo of us doing this? But they're like two convicts who are escaped, but they're chained together. Oh, God. And they're yes. black and one's black and one's white, and they have to figure out how to live oh, in racial right, harmony. Right. It's almost like life. No, you say it's this way. Yeah, sorry about that. You got it, oh, no problem. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason we came down here is for this lady, by the way. Okay. Walks of Life. This is Walks of Life with Danny Frank <laughs> and Jimmy Calloway. Thank you so much for coming out, Jimmy. Oh, uh, thank you, Daniel. No, thank you for humoring okay, me with this me. weird request. <laughs> This, oh. is, this is not even in the top ten weirdest things I've ever done. No, we're no, walking no. around with a live podcast studio in my backpack. <laughs> Where are we, Frankenson's? Yeah, Frankenson Collectible Show in the scenic city of industry, California. Very nice. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, this is pretty much like a mini Comic Con that happens every week. Yeah, uh, twice a week. In terms of collectibles, a uh, lot of stuff here. They even have a Mayor McCheese and a Ronald McDonald. I want to look at these dollar books. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, so, Jimmy. Yes, um, Danny. What do you do for the people out there that don't know you? Oh, nothing much. Hmm? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you sort through comics on a podcast? Uh, I am a standing-up comedian and uh, podcaster also. And... Uh, comic book enthusiast very very cool man uh, uh maybe no no i did no i love it <laughs> yeah and uh we met actually just through stand-up comedy you're a really cool mm-hmm. guy you've been very nice and uh welcoming to the scene so i thank you for oh, that well certainly um but i really don't know a ton about you man like we kind of got into oh it. i'm an i'm a mystery yeah no well, let's get that uh mystery unraveled <laughs> oh man all these false leads um yeah what do you want to know well you know, you kind of got into it before we started recording, but wh- where'd you grow up? I grew up in San Diego, California, and uh, I consider myself a San Diegan, but I was actually born not far from where we're standing right now, in Walnut, California, and uh, spent most of my childhood there. We moved to San Diego when I was 12, so and then I lived there for the next you know 30 years or so, 
And then um, moved up here for comedy jokes. And so far, so good. Very cool. And, you know, when you grew up in San Diego, did you ever imagine you'd be a comedian? I never, you know, I did and I didn't. Like, when I was very young, like 11 years old, I decided I wanted to do stand-up. And uh, my, you know, thanks to my support system and those around me, I quickly gave up on that dream. (laughs) And then fast forward 25 years and I was like, oh, wait a minute, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to have approval from anyone so it's true i started doing it then and yeah it's going way better than i ever would have thought i'm only six years in but i think for being six years in i'm happy with where i'm at oh yeah you're very very good i saw it thank you six years in uh you're already headlining dude i've had you and we're gonna take cards oh perfect Oh, perfect. Go. I'm sorry, Danny. Go no, ahead. No, no, you're all right. Um, and again, for those of you who don't remember, we are live <laughs> on location searching mm-hmm. for actual comic books. Uh, right now he's flipping through a big stack of Howard the Ducks. Yeah, a big stack of Howards I don't have, so that's yeah. good. I love a dollar bin. Dollar this is mostly what I look for is the dollar books because uh, I'm getting into the... I've been really into 90s garbage. I mean, I'll buy anything, really. But all these books from when I was a kid that I did not like and now I'm going back for. Yeah. Were you big on comics as a kid, too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's been since I was, again, 11 is when I got into collecting comics in earnest. Yeah. What was, like, and, the first uh, comic you ever got? First comics I ever bought. Well, like, <clears throat> I had a couple here and there when I was real little. And then Thanksgiving weekend of 1988, my grandmother gave me $5. And then my aunt took me to the local thrifties. And I bought Uncanny X-Men number 239, uh, Grew the Wanderer number 47 and 48, and then had a couple issues of Uncle Scrooge, I can't remember the, name, the numbers of. And that was it. I was off. So there was like a probably a few years in my late teens, early 20s, where I wasn't collecting with any kind of fervor. But then I got back into it and uh, have not looked back. It's only gotten worse, if anything. I mean, what is it about comics specifically that uh, drew you toward it? You think it's the illustrations, the storylines? Oh, there's a lot. I mean, like, I think the medium itself is just the finest that man has ever come up with, or woman. Um, It's just words and pictures, but you can tell so many different kinds of stories. And there's something very, not to get overly grad school about it, but there's something very like kind of primal and caveman about it nice um i don't know and that like that resonates with me but also there's a lot of things i mean i like good stories i like goofy action um i like superheroes i read like i say i'll read anything but superhero comics do kind of scratch an itch that i have for like a just and fair world Oh, my God, yeah. I think that is the <laughs> best part of comic book movies, comic books. Right. It's a little... Uh, it feels a little silly sometimes to even say that, but... It's sad that that's, like, a highlight, I think, because you're right. <laughs> that is, like... Sometimes I feel like I've been watching the news lately, and I'm like, where the fuck is our Batman? You know, like, where yes. is our Bruce Banner? Like, we need someone right out there to come restore good in the world. Like, I read the other day that... Uh, Trump was actually doing a cost estimate on what it would 
costs to build an entire moat across the yeah, southern border too, filled yeah. with alligators and snakes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, we have a supervillain for our president. We this do, is like dude. when Lex Luthor was president for a while in the <laughs> early 2000s. It really is, dude. Like, Except that Lex Luthor is more charming and smart. Um, yeah, not to get too heavy right out of the gate, but no, 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 I'm so what sorry, got me but... kind of <laughs> yeah. what kind of spurred me to get back into superhero comics was 9/11. Really? After 9/11, I was just like most people in America, just completely unmoored. Yeah. Like, oh no, nothing makes sense anymore. So, going and reading superhero comics, and like, oh okay, good. There's still, even if it's made up, there's still some good sense in the world. Of, right. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of stuck in from there. I completely understand that feeling, man. Like, do you think when you are growing up you wanted to be a certain superhero? Yeah, I wanted to be Wolverine. Yeah? That's oh, yeah. That's a badass one, man. Why Wolverine, well, though? Because he was a little guy, and so am I. And, I, you know, especially as a kid, I got picked on a lot because I was so little. But Wolverine didn't take any shit off nobody. So that, was, to me, was, like, very inspirational. I mean, I don't. I'm not an ass kicker by any stretch, but I don't know, dude. You got some pretty big guns on there. <laughs> I mean, I know you guys can't see this, but this dude is like yes. all muscle. Lucky for me, you all can't see muscle. this. <laughs> but yeah, but really, like again, I think just the escapism in general is still the biggest lure to me. Because I'm a, I'm not much of a I'm not very active. I don't like hiking or i'll do zumba but i don't really like working out or anything so i'll just it's sit kind and of read a all day choice like you're like, i'll do some zumba every now and then but <laughs> i don't care for hiking much <laughs> yeah, like, zumba really is the only kind of exercise that i get and just because it's fun to do but i mean lately i've been kind of slack on it anyway sorry right. you gotta find what works for you yeah. I've been doing like 10 minutes of yoga to start my day off every day that's that's helpful i haven't done yoga in a long time but it's I like it. It's I try. I'm meditating more these days. I forgot to do it this morning, but right. I try to get at least a couple meditations in. Yeah, I still try and actively do that too. I'm still not quite good at it, but you know, you're not what do get you anywhere unless you. I use Insight Timer. You ever use that? No. What's Insight? It's Timer? It's an app for your phone, and there's just a lot of you can you can pay to get to like the premium. Yeah. But there's a ton of like just free. Meditations, guided meditations. Yeah, there's a bunch of free guided meditations on YouTube as well. Yeah, there's that too. Those with like the that like have a vibration in the background, like a certain ohm that's supposed to like resonate with certain chakras. Right. How true that is? Yeah, that's the thing. But it does feel good. (laughs) That's the thing. Is like it took me a long time to even consider anything new agey like meditation or or any that sort of i went on a shamanic journey last night that's how native i am going in la what's that mean did you do this guy this guy's like a shaman okay he uh it's 15 bucks it's over in atwater and uh he bangs on a drum and you go into kind of a trance and it's i don't know it's not like i mean it's not like in the movies you know what i mean it's not like you know, I'm, like oh, this mystical experience. And I know Jim Morrison doesn't come and hang out with me or nothing like that, but. Damn. I mean, kind of. <laughs> it's Jack Kirby, though, not Jim Morrison. I'm and, close. uh. <laughs> so, yes, that was what I was saying. Because, like, it took me a long time. Because I used to just look down my nose at that sort of thing and laugh at it. Because my aunts and my sister are really into it. 
and I always thought it was just hogwash. But now I'm like finding like, oh yeah, you're like you say, it feels good. Like you don't know if it's doing what people claim it does. Yeah, but it works for but you. But if it if it does something, then yeah, you got no complaints there. Yeah, and it's not like hurting you. No, you know, it's not like smashing your head against the the refrigerator to feel right. better. Right, exactly. Don't do that. Well, I mean, I'm not here to tell anyone how to live their lives, but (laughs) yeah. Fuck, I thought I had these. By the way, I can't help but notice you're scrolling as you're going through these comics. That's right. In a list. Is that all the comics you own? These are, yeah, I keep a list on my phone. I used to have to keep them in like a a notebook. Yeah. But I I keep a list of all the comics I own, so I don't double up. I guarantee you, though, when I leave here today, I will have at least a couple comics in my stack that I don't need. Because <laughs> I just, I get so, and I get so narrow focused that I just start grabbing everything. So wait, when you say, like, comics that you need, uh, <laughs> am I understanding, I didn't mean anything by that. But no, I know. What I'm saying is, uh, does that mean that you're trying to deliberately build the collection that you want? Oh, sure, yeah. Right? Like, I feel like that's every collector's yeah, yeah, yeah. ultimate goal is to build the collection of whatever it is that they want. That's right. That's yeah. representative of them. Yeah. Okay. And so. it's never it's never going to happen. That's like a lifelong goal, right? Is to... Like, if I could own every single comic book that Marvel Comics published, that would that's the goal, but there's no way I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do have the Marvel Unlimited app, though, to help. <laughs> That's awesome. Fuck yeah, dude. There's some, this guy's got some good shit. He's got all these Star Wars books that I need, but I've just read because I read them on the app. So I'm like, yeah. Ugh, I don't know if I want to buy them. Do you feel like the app, uh, do you think it'll ever, digital comics, do you think it'll ever replace paperback? I think eventually. Yeah. But I don't think in my lifetime it'll happen. Not completely, anyway. But who's yeah. to say? When digital started becoming a thing, I used to work at a comic shop back home. Yeah. And the owner and his friends, they were all, oh, this is the end of the industry. And I'm like, dude, that's a little premature, chicken little. But, I mean, it's definitely affected my purchasing patterns somewhat. Yeah. The fact that I don't work in a shop anymore, and so I don't... I used to essentially work there for comics. Yeah. So now that I have to actually pay for my comics, that also has a has a factor has become a factor that's so funny so you were working there and then you started uh skimming off your own supply no it was that was <laughs> make it sound all underhanded yeah, no that was a i mean i got paid in credit yeah. and i just i ordered so many that you know i think i when i quit i ended up having to pay the owner a few hundred dollars for stuff that's that i hadn't funny. worked off yet it was fine. I don't mind. Yeah, no, that's I a mean, labor of love in a weird way. Like what's that? Or not even a weird way. That's a labor of love. You were doing something. Oh yeah, that yeah. You liked and you know it was yeah. probably pretty awesome to be. Oh no, it was great. Comics. That was the best job I ever had. It was only a couple days a week. I couldn't, you know, obviously live on it, but it was all I ever wanted growing up was just to hang out in a comic shop with yeah. like-minded dorks, and that's what I got to do for like fifteen years. Were you ever, like, a pizza boy or anything by chance? Yeah. I spent one summer as a uh, pizza guy. This uh, Berkeley Pizza in downtown San Diego, California. Tell them Jimmy sent you. <laughs> and uh, it's actually, it's a really good pizza place. Um, my One of my best friends from high school, his brother-in-law, owns it. So he got me a job there. I was kind of between gigs. Yeah. This was, like, 2012, summer 2012. 
And I was one of the few guys who had a car, so I would I was the one who like was mostly delivering, which was fine because then I could just listen to my stereo. Yeah, dude, I remember some of my fondest memories were as a pizza delivery boy, just on the road by myself. You it's know, like, so great. The greatest, and you come in, you grab the order, grab the address, you leave. That's uh, you interact the best. with no one. <laughs> yeah, like, my grandfather was a truck driver, so I feel like I have same here. That kind. Oh, well, is that right? Yeah, I have that kind of uh, that gene. You could do a cross country. I think I. I mean, if you needed to. When I do, when I was in a band, I used and we would go out on the road. I would do all the driving. Yeah. Just because I would get bored otherwise, just sitting there. So wait, you mentioned something that uh, we didn't really even touch on yet. You yeah. were in a band. You were the lead singer of a band, were you not? And uh, I was in a few. Yeah. Tell us about it. Which bands uh, were you in? Well, the band that probably did the most stuff was called the Dissimilars. And we were active from 2004 to 2008. But I was also in Slab City. I'm technically kind of still in Slab City because we never actually broke up officially. Um, fuck, I think that's probably enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice foot-high um, stack um, of comics. Let me count these real quick. No worries. Yeah, so you were in uh, Slab City. Where, are those punk bands, the mm-hmm. garage bands? yeah. 16. All the above? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, hold on. No, no, you're all right. <laughs> now, I know that was something that we uh, united on, because if uh, you're out there and you're looking for another podcast and you're really into music, especially mm-hmm. like punk, garage, surf, mm-hmm. uh, anything like really heavy rock and roll and fuzz driven, mm-hmm. Jimmy has an excellent podcast. And it's not just that kind of music. You have themed episodes, mm-hmm. so there's other stuff. But I feel like that's where I think where there's 40 really here. I'm not sure. You That's want to where count? You them? Really shine is your uh, your taste and all that sort of. I'm rock sorry. Hold on. Can you hold this real quick? Yeah, yeah, I have no to worries. conduct some business. He's conducting business as we speak, so I'm I'm double miking it. Oh wow, this sounds actually really nice. Sounds like stereo. Now, but uh, he has an awesome podcast called The Worm Turns with Jimmy Calloway. Uh, I highly encourage everybody to listen to it. Comes out every Thursday, um, and he's. Jimmy's an awesome dude. You know, if you have any questions, you're new to stand-up. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't be speaking for him, but you, know, you might you might be able to message him online and maybe talk to him at a mic or something. He seems friendly enough. He'll approach you. He won't tell you to fuck off. He's a nice dude. really is. And I am watching him currently buy a foot-high stack of comics. I think he said there's about 40 of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the coolest dude that has a comic show called The Corner of the Universe. And the little tagline says, let your imagination run free. But they've got all kinds of cool stuff. I see a Mulder and Scully statue uh, from the X-Files. I see old vintage Thor, Doctor Strange. Uh, <laughs> looks like the original Hulk's. Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 18. All kinds of stuff over here. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're out there, check out Jimmy. He's a, he's a good dude. Give him a follow on everything. Are you talking shit about me? Man? Oh, yeah, dude. I just trying revealed, to do business uh, here. Thank revealed you. some secrets. This is you? Leonardo? Corner of the Thank Universe. Thank you very much. Corner rocking. of the Universe. Tell him Jimmy sent you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, i got to put these oh. in my backpack. Hold on. <laughs> oh, God. He's handing them back. All right. That's all right. Going back to stereo. It's really hard uh, as a boyish man to walk around stores like this with any amount of money, really, because like you might 
come out with a lot of shit if you have a spending problem. With that in mind, I'm going to make it my goal not to buy anything, because I think if I buy one thing, I'm going to buy a lot of things. Uh, we'll see, though. If there's any Fallout stuff, I can't make any promises. I'm not going to buy a bunch of it. We'll see. Stereo. Stereo. Welcome back, Jimmy. Let's just, we'll, can, we can walk around for a yeah, minute. Yeah, we can and I walk. won't focus so much on purchasing. I could have dropped 100 bucks. I'm, I try to cap myself at 100 Yeah. Do you have like uh, a systematic method of how you acquire these things? Danny, I've been doing this for over 30 years. You got yeah, well, right. Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. I've got a system in place. I, I notice you've got this really intricate and organized list on your phone. Mm-hmm. You seem to know exactly what you're going th- uh, well, through and what you're looking for. To me, for. it's always been one of the funnest things about collecting comics and stuff. Yeah. Is obviously the reading, and I enjoy comics, but I, also I enjoy organizing things. So, like, I'll spend that. a whole day. Like, I have to, you know, I buy comics every week. Yeah. And then eventually I have to, like, file them into my collection. Alphabetically, obviously. Right. So I can spend a whole day doing that. And it's, I don't know another word for it. It's just fun. I mean, there doesn't have to be another word for it because I think you hit right on the head there. It's, Say that again? It's fun. doesn't have to be another word for it because I think you got it right there. <laughs> it's I know. Fun. It sounds goofy. No, I'm also, but see, I'm all, well, I'm just, yeah, thank you. I'm trying to not, because I have a bad habit of kind of shitting on myself and shitting on my own interests. And And I am really doing a lot of work to not do that anymore. Because, yeah, I fucking love comic books and I love putting them into order. You're a rad person, by the way. Huh? You're a rad person. Oh, Danny, thank you very much. You're welcome. That's very sweet of you. This is why I keep you around. (laughs) Why, why, thank you? What was I talking about before I started, uh, Horse trading. Uh, hold on. Right now, you're saying you're wor- doing the before you're talking about doing the work on yourself. Or Wait, the what? System- do- doing the work on yourself, not to shit on your own interests. Before that, we're talking about being systematic. You've been doing this for thirty years. You yeah, have a yeah, system. yeah. Right. So when I was a little kid, like in junior high and high school, yeah, comics were not as mainstream as they are now. Like, or at least the you know the Marvel movies have really made it kind of mainstream oh super which is fine i don't really care one way or the other but when i was a kid it was something i had to kind of hide yeah because otherwise i'd get picked on more and uh you know so wasn't I mean, my thing growing up in san diego what was that like lots of military people is it yeah kind of a jockey vibe or oh yeah absolutely and where i grew up i grew up in alpine california which is way out east of san diego it's like a good half hour drive from san diego proper more rural or it's way more rural i mean these days it seems like it's been built up a little bit more but when i moved there it was a it was yeah it was just a little desert town you want to go outside and smoke a little bit yeah um ooh, that misfits thing is right uh so yeah it was just uh it sucked and also i was you know junior high which is a terrible time to be going to a new school and having to acclimate to new surroundings. And in hindsight, like living in San Diego versus living in LA, especially in the suburbs where I've lived, there's not that much of a difference, but at 12, the difference is huge. Right. Oh, they don't have the same TV channels down here. Right. (laughs) That is a huge thing. It really disrupted my whole life. Channel four. (laughs) We still had like, because up here you got, I don't know if they still do, but channel 13 and channel five, KTLA channel five. We used to get that in San Diego. 
They have a they have a weird NBC down there. I want to say seven right? channel seven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm mm-hmm. just used to that being channel four. Mm-hmm. But that just speaks to exactly where I grew up. You know. Yeah, and you like, grew up around here, didn't you? Yeah, grew up in like kind of throughout Southern California, mostly LA County and Inland Empire. But where would where would you say when people ask you what town you're from? What do you say? I never know what to fucking say, dude. Because <laughs> like I've done the tour. Uh, I you would say, say more than anything. No, I don't. No, I say uh, Southern California usually yeah. is what I say. But I mean, I'm more from Corona. I want to say okay. than anything. But if you look at my life, I've spent like four year spurts in a lot of places. Sure. Like I've lived in Buena Park. I've lived in sure. Tustin. I've lived in Anaheim. Yeah, you know, same like, here. I mean, you've done the tour. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens. Yeah. But I'm at a point now where like I want to. Uh, I don't know. I want to move toward like. I want to move somewhere different. I was looking at San Diego. I was looking at Long Beach. Yeah. Uh, L.A. seems good, but like I feel like I'm not developed enough yet to go there. I, but it doesn't really matter. I no. Realize because like, like you need to do it everywhere. Yeah. And like just keep developing. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And that's the thing I'm realizing too. Like it doesn't matter if I live in Victorville because no. I'm gonna be driving everywhere. Right. Yeah. You know, like I feel like it is. Like I like. Well, I like living in L.A. So I don't know. It's, nice. it's not just because people, of comedy. Like resources. I really just like it there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm definitely. I mean, I do the road way more now that I live in Los Angeles than I did living in San Diego. Right. So it's kind of a trade-off, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird trying to fucking navigate how to become a comedian and how to do this whole thing. There's no real guide. Yeah, there's you not just at kinda all. Like look around and see. Hey, well, that guy's not on fire. What is he doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. If you can keep yourself. From being doused in flames, you're probably doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of one of the appeals to it for me, too, is that there isn't a set way to go about it. Yeah. So whatever, as long as you're not... That was my friend Ryan Hicks. When I first started, he told me, he said, you're going to be okay because you have jokes and you're not an asshole. And I was like, really all right, yeah, that makes sense. That is really the most of it. We're going to hop this train. Let's get on the train. Life. <laughs> the life of a hobo. It's perfect. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you like living in L.A. It's mm-hmm. a huge difference in living in Alpine. Oh, yeah, and far and away. Like, well, I hadn't lived in Alpine in 20 years. I yeah. moved out of there as soon as I could. But, yeah, it's a lot different from San Diego, obviously. When did you first move out? I first moved out of my parents' house in 96 when mm-hmm. I was 19 years old. And I moved to this. I moved into a studio with two other dudes. It was a bad idea. In the Bankers Hill area of San Diego, and uh, that only lasted a couple months because it was three nineteen-year-old boys in a room. Yeah. And I worked graveyard on top of that, so it was not ideal. And then I moved from there to El Cajon, California, which is where I'd gone to high school, and yeah. I knew it was like cheap in that area, and you know I could find a pretty good apartment. But then I got kicked out of that one. Had to move back in with my folks. And then moved out, a, you know, a year later, I think. And yeah. then just kind of, all through my 20s, I kind of lived in different places, mostly in El Cajon, which is a real shithole, but I loved it. Feels like the Inland Empire of San it's Diego. It's very much the Inland Empire yeah. of San Diego. East County is, is definitely comparable. You know, and now that I think about it, if I had to put my, if I had to put one phrase on, like, where I'm from, that probably I look like and I seem like, I'd say I'm an Inland Empire person. Yeah. I, I guess that, that adds up. I, yeah. If you told me you were from Corona, I would believe it too. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you're not. Empire. You don't have. <laughs> I associate Corona with the showcase. 
that punk venue. Yes. That so I always, when people are like, yeah, I'm from Crone, I'm like, oh, you're like from punk or Orange County. It's not, I don't know, it felt so different than that, though. It was Broville to me growing up. No, of course, it, I'm like, sure it was, but I was only there to see the queers play. Which was fucking great, <laughs> dude. They just came out with a documentary about the showcase, actually. Did they really? They did. They premiered it, uh, I want to say, last week. Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out for sure. I forget what it's called. Shit. Because uh, they opened one in San Diego where it, where it used to be the World Beat Center. Yeah. Um, which was, I saw my very first show at, was the Dead Milkman in like Ooh, early 94. That's a good one. Mm. Yeah, I'm very lucky that was my first. That was a very, very good one. Yeah, like, so... Did you go to a lot of concerts growing up out there? Oh, yeah, yeah. When so, I was 16, I just started going to punk shows pretty much every weekend. Yeah. And continued well into my early 30s doing that. And then I kind of got burnt out. And in the back of your mind this whole time, you still had it that you would become a comedian? Because you said you yeah. at 11. Like, yeah. What was that changing point that like made you realize that? Oh, the changing point was finally... Well, for one thing, I had to divest myself of shitty people in my life oh dude yeah that's a big one because yeah, big and one. i don't want to i mean i'm not here to to attack anyone who can't defend themselves my parents were not very supportive of the any sort of dreams that i had as a kid and then i kind of continued that my own choices as far as relationships go so i dated a lot of women who did not support me i dated this girl i was engaged to a girl in fact who <laughs> We went to see the documentary Comedian. Yeah. And after, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I want to do stand. I want to really start. And she goes, no, uh, no. She's just like, no, you can't do that. I said, why uh. not? <laughs> and she goes, because you'll end up just like that Orny Adams guy. And I'm like, that's really not nice to Orny or me to say something right. like that. But it worked. And I was like, Okay. And then I just went about my day. When I finally started doing stand-up was when I had an office job very briefly in Irvine. And it paid more than I'd ever made in my entire life. But I also wanted to put a bullet in my face the whole time. And so I listened to a lot. I had a lot of downtime. And I had a commute from San Diego. So I listened to a lot of comedy bang-bang and stuff like that. And I was like, fuck, this is so much fun. I'm like, I got to do it. I got to give it a try. And I was like, I knew I wouldn't last at that job, but I didn't realize. So that was like, I made up my mind. I'm like, once I get out of here, I'm going to start stand up. And then my company was like, oh, well, good news. You're going to start right now because they laid me off after like nine months. But I, it was Blessing great because disguise, right? I got uh, I got severance and then I got on unemployment for about six months. And since this job paid so obscenely, I had a good chunk saved up. So I didn't have to work for another year. I just didn't stand up the whole time. And I hung out at the comic shop all day. So, yeah. I well, you know pretty sweet after that, I imagine. Yeah, that. and that's, why, that's another reason why I don't, like, I shouldn't really be, oh, I wanted to do this, but nobody would support me. Because it was kind of when, it, when I did start doing it, I'm like, oh, this is fucking ideal. I don't think this ever would have gone any better. You kind of had to go through that process, right? right? Yeah, because, like, personally, like, I've been that guy, too. Like, I can't tell you how many people... I've been telling I wanted to be a comedian since I don't mm-hmm. know how long. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, just wasn't even a possibility. Didn't even think about it. Because, right. like, too many people had told me, well, you got to work on your delivery. Right. Which, admittedly, now that I'm in stand-up, I realize uh, i got to work on my delivery. But, <laughs> you know, fuck them. They didn't know that yet. <laughs> no, that's very true. Uh, and and like, that's, some, I got, that's something I really... I mean, I don't much care for people in general. But one thing I really don't like... <laughs> 
is that people feel like they need to be brutally honest all the time. Well, I'm just being honest. No, you're being a fucking asshole. Yeah, Why don't like, you temper that, maybe? Seriously, like, what happened How to hard would that be? Like, Ooh, they have records. It's like, oh, I called them a fucking dick, and Ooh. I don't know why I was upset. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was just, just telling like it is. You're a piece of shit. How much are the records? Oh, okay. Um, this is Ohio Express. We're looking at Frank Sinatra's Ooh, greatest has. hits. Rod Stewart tonight, I'm yours. We can Toto. come back. <laughs> we'll come back. Um, yeah, it's really a bummer. But it is also kind of our jobs to eventually ignore that the sort world, of person. Really? Because it's up to you. What's that? Just ignore the world. It's yeah. on you, you know? Which is easier said than done, I realize. But thousand percent. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary. It's a real shame that people are the way they are, but there's nothing we can do about it. No, so you just kind of do what you can to do your best to control yourself. And yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I'm glad that you found the strength, though, to What's ignore on? that bullshit. And I'm glad you got into comedy, man. Oh, thanks, buddy. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, yeah, it's, it's uh, like I say, it's been going a lot better than I ever dared to dream and uh really even the bad moments are somewhat fun sometimes the, dude, it's just like <laughs> it's just like my grandfather used to say uh the worst day doing stand-up is still better than the best day working also my grandfather never said that well for purposes of this podcast <laughs> he might have i'm sure he'd feel that way now if he were still with us wasteland masks but uh yeah I don't, know. I don't know if I have anything further to <laughs> add. Nah, it's all good. Um, so, we'll keep going with the questions. We kind of got on them and off them, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what specifically, like, is there anything that comes to mind in terms of direct inspiration? Comedians. stand-up? Uh, not just stand-up, life in general, but stand-up too, yeah. What inspires you? Well, Steve Martin is uh, far and away my biggest influence. Stand-up, for sure, but also probably... Like, when I read Born Standing Up, I felt very seen, as they say nowadays. Uh, like, it, yeah. I could relate to a lot of that that he talked about. And it made, at the time, even though I wasn't doing stand-up, I'm like, oh, this feels good. Like, I'm on kind of a similar path as one of my heroes. And uh, so, yeah, even though it didn't directly influence me doing stand-up because I wasn't at the time, it was still very influential on my life. And to that, and also Johnny Ramone. Like his posthumous autobiography was a, you know, really kind of an eye opener for me in a lot of ways. I mean, he's arguably the most reprehensible Ramon, but he's still my favorite. I'm just glad he's not here to see the, enjoy the presidency we have today. Oh my God, I know. Because then I wouldn't be able to like him anymore. If ever there was a need for more (laughs) punk rock. Um, Yeah, so. Steve Martin's Born Standing Up was a great book. If you've never read it before, definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. There's one pair or one chapter, I believe, that started out where he had discovered that he was starting the rest of his life. Do you remember that? Little yeah. Scent? That was such a moving fucking passage. Yeah. It talks about Norwegian wood being played on the jukebox at the cafe that he was in. Oh, he yeah. had just I forgot gotten about back from... Uh, <laughs> he just gotten back from performing, I believe. He implied that he was at the comedy store, but you want to sit? Yeah, yeah. 
Got to double check that. Um, and yeah, he said that he sat there listening to Norwegian Wood, and it dawned on him that he'd begun the beginning of the rest of his life. And yeah, just read that fucking book. It's so powerful. Yeah. If you're even slightly into stand up as a fan, check it out. It'll give you a lot of perspective on stuff. And they got a whole arcade in here. They do, man. Oh, they got Police Trainer. I love that game. That was a good one. I'm always a sucker for Area 51, Metal oh, that's Slug. A good one, yeah. They got Cruising uh, USA, dude. Cruising USA. Fucking Cruising yeah, World. Cruising awesome. all the cruisings. <laughs> all right, man. Well,. We've pretty much gotten everything. Oh, okay. Um, but there's one little bit that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self a bit of wisdom, is there anything you think you'd tell them? I don't know, man. I kind of feel like there's a million things I'd want to warn him about to not get shot by the Libyan terrorists in the parking lot <laughs> of the Twin Pines Mall, for one. But, I'll, like... It's one of those things where it's like, if I were to do something like that, it would change the course of my life, and it might be so different. It might be worse. I don't know. So it's like, it's hard. That's a hard call to make. Just be like the way things are. I mean, I, and I'm not, like I say, I'm not thrilled with how my life has gone so far, but or at least with parts of it. But I can't think of anything... Like, I've thought about this. As, like, I always think about this when I'm out in this part of town. Because, like I say, I was a little kid out here. And so I often wonder what my life would be like if we hadn't moved to San Diego when I was 12. And I don't think I ever would have gotten into punk rock. You know? I don't think... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have... I mean, some of my oldest friends are obviously guys I went to high school with. So I wouldn't know them. So, yeah, it's hard to think of something that I would want to change. I mean, I can think of a million things that I'd rather had not happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can't think of a way around them either. Well, I mean, let's let's expand on that then. If there's any advice you think you can give out to other comedians that are just starting out or, you know, just anyone in general, is there anything that comes to mind? Well, in that you phrase it that way, and this is something I would tell my younger yeah. self, is just enjoy it yeah. more. I, in my 20s, lived the fucking life of Riley. You know, I was a young, snot-nosed punk, but I could buy my own beer. And I had my own apartment. You know, obviously, I had roommates and stuff, but I, had, I was out of my parents' house. And I was out drinking and chasing girls every night, which, you know, if I were still doing that, it would be pathetic. But for my 20s, it was just like, yeah, let's party, dude. And I did. But I was also depressed the whole time. Because I hadn't thought to, like, get help for that until I was much older. So, yeah, I guess that's what I would just say to anybody. is like, just, you know, try to enjoy things more as they're happening. Because you'll have plenty of time to regret shit later. You know? And I know I do. (laughs) No, I think that's pretty true. No matter whose life you're living, uh, just try and enjoy it, right? Yeah, just like Brody says. Exactly. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do you have any closing words, favorite quotes, places, points of interest, promotional dates, <laughs> anything you want to share? Um, not off the top. Well, there's the podcast. Did we talk about that? I mentioned it while you Oh, were well, I was shopping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Worm Turns 
with Jimmy Calloway. New episodes every Thursday. Gary Peterson and I are also starting another music podcast. Gary Peterson is extremely funny. Very funny, man. And I can't wait to hear that. Oh, yeah. That's it's going to be great. Be awesome. And so I'm. we have got 10 episodes recorded. I still need to edit them. Yeah. And we're going to do an 11th tomorrow. I don't know when this is finally going to... It's, t- it's a lot more work-intensive than I thought it would be. Can we talk about what... Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Or? It's called Altered States, and Gary and I go state by state and talk about... We play bands from each state mm-hmm. and talk about them. So we started with Delaware as the first episode That's to so Pennsylvania, oh, I think, is the second. Well, we're going in order of admission. And, um, yeah, it's pretty fun because he and I have a pretty good rapport back and forth and... It's not, it's, it's a little, because my podcast, I'm very persnickety about what I play, but with this one, we're kind of being a little more free-balling with it. That's good. So there's stuff that we don't like, but we'll still play it and talk about it and stuff like that. That's good. So yeah. Give me a nice range. Yeah, it'll be a little different, but it'll still be, because there's not a lot of music podcasts, which is weird. Surprisingly, you'd think yeah. the, that'd be like the first application of podcasting, yeah. right? Like, I remember Jonesy's Jukebox. It was the fucking greatest thing I've ever heard. What is the one? Jonesy's Jukebox. Oh, I don't know if I know that. Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Oh, of course. Right, he, uh, yeah, he, He's not doing that anymore? No, he does do it. Oh, okay, um, yeah. But I, I'm saying, like, I remember hearing that when it first came out yeah. on Indy 1031 in L.A., the short-lived, I think it was like two-year-long yeah. indie radio station that was insane, the programming. Yeah. Like, Joe Escalante from the Vandals yeah. had, like, a legal advice show. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He's like, an entertainment lawyer. Yeah, it, it's so weird. But um, I just remember hearing Jonesy's jukebox and thinking, like, this is the future. No, that guy and has like, got excellent taste. I took, when I started mine, I modeled it after Handsome Dick Manitoba of the Dictators had a yeah. show called, I don't remember, it was, I think it was just called the Handsome Dick Manitoba Show. And it was on a uh, Little Steven's Underground Garage on that channel. And I didn't have Sirius. I've never had Sirius, but my a buddy of mine did. So whenever I was in his car, I'm like, oh, we got to. And so that guy never played something that was like, okay. It was all Only good super shit, good shit. And I was like so proud whenever he played something that I already owned. Right. I'm like, oh, I have I, the same. I'm part of him. <laughs> <laughs> but he also introduced me to a ton of other stuff. And uh, yeah, it was It's not so as good. widely as a known a band as it should be. The Dictators? The Dictators, Oh, I yeah. couldn't agree more. I mean, in, in punk rock circles, they are, yeah. I think, still revered. Because that's the thing, as much as I still am into music, I don't know what's going on these days. Like, I haven't been paying any attention to You're the into new what stuff. you're into, and that's all right. What's right? that? You're into what you're into. Yeah. I get and, it. Uh, but yeah, I think... Uh, and that show is not archived anywhere, which really bums me out. You know, and that's what sucks about, like, Jonesy's Jukebox, is, like, there's so many brilliant episodes and the best stuff was him riffing mm-hmm. in between songs and just diddling on his guitar and you can't find those anywhere well if you listen to it they're all archived thanks KOS oh. online oh cool with a hundred percent of the music cut out oh wow so it's just him talking oh the music's all gone all of it <laughs> so if you just hear him talking I would still that, listen to that it's entertaining but for different reasons dude that guy <laughs> like I listened to his WTF a few years ago and uh I'd always Great liked podcast. him because I'm like obviously a fan of the Sex Pistols, but and then especially after the Filth and the Fury, have you ever seen that? Yeah. But, like, because Johnny Rotten was always kind of my favorite, but the more I listen to Jonesy, I'm like, dude, this guy is way cooler. He's fucking badass, <laughs> dude. Like, he is the coolest dude. He's so much like, uh, what's that guy's name? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. 
Or who's the guy? The actor? Yeah. He reminds me of him. Vaguely. From Get Carter? Yeah. Get oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I can see it. In terms of suave, like, yeah. they're on point. Well, he dude. fucks a like, lot, Steve Jobs. I guarantee you. So does. <laughs> no, he totally does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's another reason I patterned myself after him. <laughs> right on. All right, well, let's get out of here and wrap this thing up. Okay. Uh, before we do, can you throw out one song out there that's particularly memorable or meaningful to you? Uh, like, right off the top of my head, Judy is a Punk by the Ramones. Because it's just a smoking, super good song. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, so everybody, go out there. If you haven't heard that song, look it up. Judy is a Punk by the Ramones. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you, Danny. Take care.